0: Hello and welcome to the Lock In Podcast, the show that lifts the lid on life in the pub trade by those working in it. This episode of the podcast, we're focusing on the increasing staffing challenges that continue to plague the sector. And who better to help me with that than my favourite two co-hosts, Heath Ball and James Cuthbertson. With the current crisis going on and all the challenges operators are facing to find staff, we wanted to give our listeners some expert insight from guys at the cutting edge of the trade, people who really know what they're doing when it comes to handling staff, recruiting and retaining people. Here we go. The kind of operators that provide the kind of next level information that will help our listeners face down those challenges and take their businesses forward. Sadly they weren't available so I'm going to make do with Ethan James. Broadly, it's the same joke every they're not even
1: They're not even dad jokes. They're to like be fair, I haven't done
0: that one for a while. Yeah, but it's like granddad jokes. They're like so old and well, so shit. Well, apparently I'm not allowed to say anything about you two being bald anymore. But we will come we're will to that. bald. We will come to that. We'll talk <laughs> yeah. about that in a minute. Sexual so so harassment. Just, uh, yes. Um, smooth as, as a dolphin, I think. Is he's the already thing. on a yellow card with Me too. So despite Never being fell. a complete misanthrope, uh, that's somebody who hates everyone and everything, James, just to clarify, he has managed to build a strong team of staff that are stuck with him through thick and thin, and I don't believe any of the rumours that he's keeping their families locked in the cellar either.
2: Did you just explain a word to
0: us? I did just explain a word to you. Was it, was, it, was, it, was it Sammy's talking down to uh, people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what's Sammy? mean? <laughs> So, yes, we are talking about staff, and to help us with that, we've actually got some useful guests coming on. We'll be hearing from recruitment expert Abby Dunn of 68 people on what employers are doing to attract or retain people. We'll be hearing from Ben Lockwood at BrewDog about his company's latest initiative to profit-share with employees. We'll be getting an update on hospitality rising from James Nye and we'll be chatting to Clive Price of Barron's Pub Company, the winners of the Publican's Best Pub Employer title. So, I mean, you two are looking... Suspicious, actually, it's worrying me <laughs> slightly. So, well,
2: I think you could probably read that we did, didn't read who was on <laughs> you the didn't read
0: Any of the notes i sent to you, did you? No, we well, didn't. Well, well, actually, because I was
2: driving it's not, you can't look at your phone while you're driving or use it. So, um, oh, if right. I read it earlier, I planned
0: and really yeah. thought it Well, thought well I mean, we if you'd give me a lift i I never, never read anything
1: Ed sends me anyway.
0: No. This is true, so I don't know why I bother sending it. No. I mean, <laughs> but true, but it sounds a problem. great lineup. Two many words me, Ed. Excellent. Okay, so. Before we get into all of that, let's uh, let's have a chat about whats uh, what's been happening this week. Uh, I don't know whether you saw the news, that apparently the question of whether it's possible to organise a piss-up in the brewery has now been answered, but you can't keep your job. So, uh, did you read about that? He, no, I didn't read that.
1: Uh, uh,
0: a guy who uh, worked for one of the big brewers uh, organised a, uh, oh, yeah. a party in a brewery during the uh, lockdown mm-hmm. uh, and uh, has lost his job for it. So, I mean, James, you used to run the brewery. I mean, is it possible to is organise it, a it, piss But up? is that it, is
1: it just... Is that just like an overreach by the employer because they're trying to make an example Boris Johnson and all that have done whatever they bloody want
0: well this is, and, this and is now, the thing like, isn't come it come on well, we I think that, that was the thing it was a, a have employee some pleasure working in the business it, I think, it was an employee tribunal because I think he, he did question that which is which is fair enough because the prime minister obviously did then got away with it so, well uh,
2: someone at work doesn't like him or her whoever it is and they, they've had no choice but other to throw the book at the person so just a bit sad isn't it really
0: this is very true. This is very true. Um, Let us also get on to the, the, the baldness question. Let, let's get that out of the way now. It is actually apparently um, sexual harassment, if I am to call you or make any... Yes, to God. ...mess mention of your lack of uh, is that right lack of hair I I can't wait apparently because it is akin to commenting on the size of a woman's breast so if you just put your heads together for me then I can see it now just explain akin to uh, what do you mean what do they actually mean I have no idea but apparently the case brought up. the, the, the guy who brought the case he wasn't just called bald he was called a bald see you next Tuesday I think they've misunderstood. He was upset about the, the swear word, not the ball <laughs> bit. <laughs> and they've gone through gone, actually, no, let's, let's just make it about the ball bit. We're going to just end up in a society that where no
1: one speaks because they're so scared of saying something, something to offend people. We're bald. James is bald. I'm bald. You're really going to be bald soon, Ed. Oh, like, gosh. where do we just... I'm clinging on like, to Like, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm not... Yeah, I don't know. I just find it ridiculous. But if I can use it against my staff for picking on me, yeah, fine. <laughs> Got a reasonable head
2: of
0: hair there, in fairness. Just I wish sure the covers was as quick. Yeah, compared to you too. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, no, 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 no. Apparently fat jokes are fine. Oh, <laughs> is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, not, that's, not her- that's not sexual harassment. What if, what if you're a short, fat, bald guy? Oh, Heath, you're well, asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, you're not that short. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I guess within that, uh, you can do the, the short and the fat, but not the bald bit.
1: We just, uh, you, I think we've just become so sensitive. It's just ridiculous. Woke watch. Well, I mean, I mean yeah, you, but it's not even, even woke. You've got to live with this on a day-to-day but I just, basis. But so. we, I think what's going to happen is woke's going to end up cancelling out woke, and then we just end up in this, like, it's just this cancel culture mm. and everything all the time. How about someone calls me bald, and I don't like it. I punch him. <laughs> Done. Take I don't have to say anything. I just let him. Well, there's not. I, I don't get upset because I know I'm bored. I live with it. This is life. But you punch. So learn just to live with them. shit. Yeah, but I wouldn't because I don't care. You take someone the said man to me, out of New Zealand. Someone, someone said to me, Heath, you're bald. I go, Wow, great <laughs> observation. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? I can't change. I'm not going to go into Turkey and get your implants. Yeah, exactly. If I'm worried about, it, I'll do shit like that.
0: I'm not <laughs> worried about it. When are, you, when are you going to Turkey? Oh, I was there last month. They
3: said it's too late. It didn't okay. take. You, you say, oh.
2: <laughs> so, Brilliant. I'm not sure whether um, the lesson is we need to be careful about saying bald <laughs>
0: which is the <laughs> most worried about. You can't say the C word, James. Thank you, James. That's, uh, it's an edit. It doesn't make my edit any easier, does it? But no. So, no. Thanks Good. So, yeah, so you are a bald <laughs> basically. <yeah. laughs> The BP will be used on that a lot. Right, the other news. Paul Heaton, Beautiful South, uh, formerly of the Beautiful South, handed out 60,000 pubs, uh, to pubs for his 60th birthday. Do, do you think... Do you do think? You think
1: you my, my staff, we were talking about this. Do you, go, do you think he'd <laughs> no, <you'd> say anything? <laughs> like, he just comes and goes, here's a, here's a grand. Cool. Thanks, mate. Have yeah. a nice week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we're all, we're all just walking away with a great tip. <laughs> <I'm with laughs> the kind of, you're used to that level of tipping, i really, are We so had I'm the same
2: it. conversation. I'm right there. Yeah, I reckon... Thanks. Maybe one or two. Yeah, I have a great
1: mistrust of people's ability to <laughs> Didn't, pay didn't he give you a thousand pounds? You'd be like, sorry, who? Mm-hmm. You know, a beautiful South. Mm, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Me? No, it's in the no. paper. No no idea. <laughs> Fake news. Move along. Nothing to see here. Nice jacket. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's new.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, well, let's move on from that one. Uh, Alfresco licenses have now been made permanent. Oh, hallelujah. We've caught up to Europe. Good move. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. gonna be sticking some. Oh, but you know,
1: yeah. But you know, you know, <laughs> there's a cost associated with everything. <laughs> like it, it's not. It's it, it always sounds great, you know. And then you get you look underneath it, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, great. I'm gonna give a hundred thousand pounds a year to the council. There'll be a something. And I only can have one table. There'll be a something. And there will always be something. something else they can regulate us for.
0: Um, and, yeah, I mean, um, so anyone injured their children this week as well? That, uh, I did all right. I had three days uh, of childcare. You, you had three days of childcare while you I say childcare,
1: I'm not allowed to use babysitting anymore. My wife <laughs> keeps going crazy when I say babysitting when I'm looking after her children. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're both good-looking kids. There's nearly no evidence that the parents uh, Yeah, are I, my, I won a trip, uh, thanks to Green King, to, uh, to Italy and drunk one evening. Um, well, probably most evenings. Yes. Um, I, my wife was nagging me about not um, giving her anything. Um, so I said, Well, you can go on that trip with your friend and not. You thought it. it
0: was a really rubbish trip, didn't you? Yeah, you I thought it was going to be.
1: I didn't realize. I didn't was realize. A doozy. Well, I just thought it was going to be like a trip to and all that. And she's sending me photos at this eating truffle pasta and out in the square, staying in this amazing hotel.
0: And She looked really happy in the photos. Man, as totally. Well, Unlike it? what we uh, see yeah. here. I know. It's, it's interesting. But um,
1: yeah, so she went on a lovely trip. So I had to look after the kids for three days. And, um, yeah, man. But they it, survived unscathed. One of them burned in mouth, but that's because apparently you're supposed to try the food before you give them the food, <laughs> especially if the chef's cooked it and he likes boiling hot food. <laughs> Mike saved <laughs> it. Well, he just he did this pasta dish. And it was so hot, like I, I lost my mind. But um, brilliant. Um, yeah, no, they, they survived, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I got through it. James,
2: yeah,
0: my kid broke her arm. Yeah, <laughs> I thought so, so Good yeah. break as well. I mean, I've rubber. told you, if you wrap the bat in uh, cloth... <laughs> you can't joke about that stuff. That's I thought it was a
1: soap bar and a sock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what happened? It fell off a horse. Nah, fell off a property. I mean, that's yeah. why you shouldn't have horses, really. Although the only... <laughs> yeah.
2: Don't. The only positive, I don't have to go to my uh, uh, niece's party with her on Saturday, because it's a climbing party so that's a bonus yeah you got out of that that's good mm-hmm. yeah. no
1: I'd take her along and go did look you, did you, you could have been doing this I mean, but if you didn't a...
0: insist on owning a pony where were you, you when she fell off the horse just to clarify I work oh right okay that's yes. uh you, who, nothing to do with you, me you? No, you sure yeah okay fair, yeah, yeah, fair enough yeah absolutely Okay, so one of the things we've seen recently is uh, the Irish government has uh, reduced VAT to 9%. Um, yeah. And well, the... They kept VAT at 9% in well,
1: 2023. It.
0: Right, okay. Yep. And they've also announced that they're not going to do calorie labelling. They're scrapping uh, it because they've had... Yeah, the, the, they're, they're worried about the impact on... You know, the charities of have all said it's not great.
1: Yeah. Well, they said it's not... The chari- eating, eating disorder charities have said this is not great. Okay. Right. So what I want to know is why are the Irish government... So, oh, I, I know. I wouldn't use the word smarter. Tuned in, intelligent. Well, they're listening. Um, maybe they're listening. Why? Why aren't like we getting delicious. the same treatment? Yeah, because why aren't we? At, why isn't the fat held at twelve point five percent? Why are we, we have calorie counting?
0: Why are we getting beaten like a dog? I mean, how much is how big is the hospitality sector in Ireland? as a percent, of don't know they've obviously got someone's well, they got no. someone's ear yeah. I mean wherever yeah, they are it's a
2: it's a stark well, yeah. but it's a stark contrast in what we've got here isn't mm. it I mean you have to ask questions as to why
1: um, we're not getting that traction Man, we're yeah. getting let's be honest this government this Tory government are beating the hell out of the country anyway mm. do you know what I mean the cost of living crisis what are we are going to have double digit um, inflation like everything's just going up. All we're doing is putting our prices up. All they're getting is more VAT every time we put our prices up. You know but they don't care about us, and obviously the Irish government do care, and they're looking after hospitality. Mm. We need the same. We need the same love they're getting, if not better. Doesn't look good, does it? No. It doesn't look good for our government. To you know. You know what's going to happen. We've got Putin who's been knocking on the door. He doesn't want the NATO knocking on his door. You can end up with a stronger NATO alliance against him. We're going to end up uniting Ireland. It's going to be one country because they want nothing to do with us anymore. We're falling Mm, apart. mm. The Tories are destroying this country. Well, on that upbeat note, I think
0: we'll uh, we'll park that one there. Great. I'll get
1: another bat inspection after this. (laughs)
0: you're listening to the lock in podcast and this episode we're tackling the ongoing staffing challenges the sector is facing one of the biggest issues is recruitment and one of the biggest campaigns to tackle that challenge is hospitality rising i'm delighted to have angling country in james nye join us now wearing his hospitality rising hat to give us an update james welcome Hey Ed, how are you? I'm good Sam, good. So I mean, just tell us a little bit about, you know, where are we at with Hospitality Rising? What, what's, um, what's going on with the campaign at the moment?
3: Yeah, so look, Hospitality Rising is gaining a huge amount of momentum. Um, you've probably seen a lot of press around it. Um, look, our initial landmark is trying to get to a million quid to um, sponsor the biggest recruitment campaign across the industry uh, that it's been. Um, And we're we're doing really well, Um, we've raised nearly two thirds of that in a very short space of time. Um, There's been a lot pledged. I think the, the most significant thing I've seen is the support we've got from across the industry. You know, it's not just pubs, it's not just restaurants. We've got the likes of Preta on board and their sandwich and coffee shops. We've got Hilton Hotels. We've got Whitbread. You know, we've got independent pubs and people like you know, um, Tom Carriage and Angela Hartnett through to Punch, who are sort of big multiples. Uh, we've got service stations. got Welcome Breaker are backing it. Um, we've got casinos. We've got nightclubs. So what we have is a campaign that's supported by every part of the sector. And, uh, you know, for me, I think the biggest success is that it has achieved um, sector-wide support rather than just one, one part of it.
0: And, and in terms of that support, what, what, what does that look like for, for, a, for a pub operator? What, what, uh, what are you looking for from them? I'm
3: looking at Heath and hair here. <laughs> well, this industry is a hospitality... Uh, sorry, this issue is an industry-wide challenge, right? Mm. It's hospitality across its breadth and length has suffered oh, I wish I had a point that does look good um, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it suffered as an industry uh, and I think a lot of that's because it got hit hardest with COVID, so a lot of entry level jobs went elsewhere, mm. they went to supermarkets, they went to warehousing they went to other industries that actually did quite well through COVID, mm. and as hospitality's coming back now obviously the demand for jobs is coming back uh, and that's why I think it's been so acutely hit the, the first thing about hospitality rising to realise is that we are pitching this as an industry rather than as a part of that industry. So the idea is that there's a lot of people out there who it's not the non-rejectors, not the rejectors, it's non-rejectors haven't really considered hospitality. And let's be honest, if if they're sort of under 20, very few of them have probably been to a pub you know, um, before COVID because they weren't allowed to. Yeah. So they don't, they haven't really experienced hospitality. So the, the first point of this campaign is to to pitch it to people to show that hospitality is actually a really fun career from a probably a two-year backdrop where very few people are coming into the sector so you know what does that mean for pubs yeah i run pubs it's showing people that you can actually have a lot more fun at work working in a pub than you can stacking shelves in supermarkets now we've got a phenomenal creative team here we've got some of the best guys in the country um there's there's a guy called um rory sutherland who's one of my heroes i just read his book um, about called Alchemy and it's it's all about human behaviour and he's on the creative team for this because he, he understands it's a really complex mm. problem. Yeah, and he said it, he goes, look, when you look at hospitality, people who work in pubs generally come in on the day off to the pub to see how everyone is. Yeah. Yeah. How many times have you, you know, do people from Amazon pop into the warehouse to see how everyone else is on Amazon? Because they do it because it's got this, this sense of fun about it, right? You know, how many... Um, interesting people have you met and chatted to that are stacking shelves in the supermarket, you know, versus how many interesting people have you met in in pubs and restaurants and talked to and barman. And and this is where the this is where sort of the tone of it's coming from. You yeah. know, it is a fun career to be in. Yeah we know it's got its challenges but other careers have challenges too. What we're trying to pitch with this campaign is that hospitality is a great place to be, it's a fun place to be, and you know the more we can do that and show people that actually working in this industry is fun, and there's a lot of upsides to this career as well as you know some of the stigma that's been blighted with over the last 20 20 years, then we've we've got a real campaign in our hands. Absolutely. I mean, we won't talk about the fact that Heath is
0: actually uh, banned from his local supermarket for talking to the people stacking shelves. But, uh, <laughs> that's a different story. Get out! Um, get and, out! Yeah. <laughs> Leave them alone. But I, the, the one, one of the one of the challenges, um, I think, you. I, I guess yes, it's fun, and it's and we, we can present this. But one of the real systematic challenges is, you know, some of the issues with you know late nights, you know split shifts, all these kind of things that that, that hold people back. You know, we can present this as a really fun um, kind of thing, but we're not dealing with those really sort of systematic sort of uh, issues, aren't we? With um, which is which is discouraging people. So they've left during the pandemic, and they've gone and worked to testing, Yes, okay, it's not so much fun stacking shelves at the home in the evenings and they, they've got time to spend with friends so they can then go to the pubs. I mean, How, how, do, yeah. we, how do we deal with that?
3: Well look uh, Ed you just, you just pointed out a few things that are wrong with it you, you, you look at what's right with it you know a lot of our sites are open 24-7 so yeah. actually there are shifts in the morning There's are shifts doing breakfast we're doing a lot more breakfast in our pub than we were before so we need more breakfast staff you know some of our late night drinking has eased off a little bit so it's not all weighted as well in, in my sector in the pubs mm-hmm. but when you look at prep when you look at Hilton, they need housekeepers. You know, the breadth of this campaign goes across all hospitality. And when you see what's happening out there with flexible working, you know, everyone's tied to a nine to five. And actually, they're really enjoying that they can do a bit from home and actually a bit from the office. In our sector, obviously, you've got to be there to work. Yeah. What we do have and what we can offer is we can offer flexible hours. Yeah, Because I think a lot more people, uh, you know, are judging their job by what they need to do outside their work. So actually, you know... I actually think there's so much opportunity in hospitality that, and okay, not just pubs, but the, the broader the broader sector, that you can work in the morning, you can pick your hours, and you can pick your hours to suit what you want to do. Mm. And that's perhaps a lot more flexibility than you would get with, say, you know, a, a nine-to-five office job or, or the rigidity of, of needs in a supermarket. And guess what? When do you stack shelves in a supermarket? You do that late night, don't you? True, But you are so, in do you think- a quiet supermarket with no one around you. So yeah. look... Are I we... think you're right to say that there are challenges mm. but the more we can talk about what this career offers in hospitality and all the positives and focus on what's good about it that's when we can start doing it and that's certainly part of hospitality rising. Do you think we, we're guilty
0: maybe as, as an industry of maybe focusing a bit too much on the negatives and being a bit too negative? I mean I'd, perhaps I've spent too much time with Heath and James who are basically capturing Leve- negatives in their own way. Yeah. Um, I mean you're not denying it. Mr negative to you. Ed. I mean we... No I think because
2: I think honestly when you've done it for a while you kind of you just grow a bit, it's, it's hard work mm. you know, it's different if you're in a 20 year old body and doing stuff but then uh, for me there's kind of two things, we still aren't really addressing that many of our workers you know, need to come from abroad because but, as a yeah. nation we are still think we're better than working behind the bar mm. I think that's one of the issues um, so I think, you know we
0: need, we, do, we can't really I don't think we can operate this business without seasonal foreign stuff. Is, is that something James uh, James, and I, rather, are you, is that something this, this campaign is looking to
3: address? Because it's we have got that huge glut of, of overseas guys that have, have left and they're yeah, well, look, in the place. I think it's a bit of a misnomer. Look, Brexit has certainly made life harder. But when you look at the unemployment, oh, sorry, the job vacancies in, this, in, in the UK at the moment, they're double what they were um, a year ago. Um, so you think, yeah, Brexit's to blame for that. But when you go to Eastern Europe, they've got the same challenges that we have. So actually a lot of the Europeans have gone back and not doing the jobs back there. I think the biggest challenge for us is that we've had people migrate out of our sector and that's that's our, our local, you know, and I think it's, I think you're right, we do need um, overseas labor because what you have is um, the unemployment rate is about just under 4%. and That's probably about 1.3 million people and we've got about 1.3 million job vacancies. Now that seems a fairly simple maths, but those job vac, the unemployment rate, not all of those are available to work. So when you look at the availability to work rate, you've got to realise that we've got to look elsewhere to fill our job vacancies because we just don't have enough people in this country. And also, so, if you look at, I mean, look at—we shouldn't distract from the message, I know—but
2: if you look at people, if you're going to work in a bar in Poland or a bar in London. You can win a lot more in
1: London. Yeah, and you hedge the currency as well. Yeah, hedge the currency, national minimum wage. Yeah,
2: you can do. You can do a lot better. So I think I'm not again not coming away from what is a you know a, a laudable you know campaign, but I think that is still one of the things that could make if we just turn that tap back on that would help us
1: a lot. Yeah, but how are we doing that? Like, no, we're not. Like we're not.
3: Are we? Well, what you look at is um, some of these trade deals that, that the UK are doing with places like Australia. I think that's one of the first ones on the table. Oh, we don't yeah, need any more this. Aussies here, mate. No more Aussies. I know, I no, know. No more Aussies. He doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> like, <laughs> come, he doesn't like <laughs> competition from his home country. <laughs>
1: I'm A stra- I'm
3: Kiwi's <laughs> but, but that trade, okay, it hasn't been passed yet. But the, there's talk of a three-year visa for under 35s to come and work. And actually, when go back 20 years, we had a very strong influx of South Africans, Australians, mm. New Zealanders. Yeah, but
1: you know what? You know what's changed, James? Is, is the pace ran off. No. When I came when I was eighteen and I came and worked in hospitality when I was eighteen. The kids today don't. They stay in the university, they get degrees and they mm. want to come and work in finance. And there's hardly any Antipodeans who come and do hospitality anymore. Mm. Because they, well, they're doing they Well, yeah, no, you can still do the two year work visa. You can still come over if you're under thirty and do a two year work visa in the UK. <sighs> but they don't they, they hang out they do their degree and they come and we can finance to a couple of years over here make a lot of money and go back
0: well I guess this plays back into that point of, of trying to reposition the, the image of the industry then, and, yeah. and, and, and we address that I'm, I'm conscious yeah. of the time James um, <laughs> last question for you what, what yeah. do you need going forward from industry what, what, what more do you need to, to,
3: to get this campaign flying Hey, look, there's there's two big needs. Yeah, we're we're looking to get to that that million quid mark. Cause that gives a really strong war chest to start the media campaign. Um, and and it's going to happen but you know it's not a big ask we've scaled it so it's relevant to your size of of the business so you know one of the asks is we need your support um, because the more people get into this in hospitality the more hospitality will do and everyone will benefit so it's not why should I it's why shouldn't I Um, and the second one is just spread the word you know I think there's there's, um, a lot of work going on hospitality rising and, and it's a very very skinny team uh, and I'm working on trying to pull you know, more resources into this well, to make sure I this can, goes on. I can solve that, James. What are you doing?
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Is that another fat James. Because I know Mr. McCulloch would be delighted to be a part of any skinny team <laughs> as a fellow broad-chested <laughs> man. Sorry.
3: That was that was in size rather than stature. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. It means my personality, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Yeah, and that actually, a lot of people have come forward and offered their help, and yeah, we are we are working with them. We've had some very very nice collaboration from all parts of the sector, so it's, it's spreading the word, and just just the more we talk about this, you know, it's the first campaign that really is sector wide, and you know, to have that support despite all the differences in the sector is phenomenal. So the more we can promote this, um, you know, within pubs but across the broader. Um, you know hospitality horizon then the more people get involved in this and then all of a sudden it becomes a seriously heavyweight campaign to tackle this very long standing and complex issue can can I just add one thing I think it's worth pointing out that
2: um I think one of the big issues going back was the fact that actually you're experiencing a pub or working for a pub group. No um, Name was pretty poor in terms of you weren't invested in. There was no obvious career path. You were pretty much used, abused, and undertrained until you You were just seen as transient, right? Ooh. And I think now yeah. we've got a great opportunity to celebrate the good employers that, you know, he's not, yeah. you know, 50% off meals, you know. You, what do you mean 50 We give staff meals. That, no, we but We bring the family in, oh, staff yeah. meals, you know, they pay well. Some, I just think
3: blowing that up, we are yeah, we are all being forced to make our work life better for our employees. You know, yeah. you look at it, you know, the people who are using and abusing their staff just don't have any. Know, then, the do, we, do we need an accreditation
1: people. with, like, hospitality rising? Like, we have national minimum wage. Do we say, you're an approved employer, we think these guys do a great job, they look after their yeah. staff. The portal almost. For yeah, a, exactly. Yeah. This but is where you want to be working. Conduct.
3: I mean, look, yeah. we, we are yeah. working on this. We've, we've tried to adapt other people's. There's been a few issues with the accreditation piece yeah. and, and the follow-up. Uh, it's something we're very conscious of. We, we're looking at a framework. We're asking for a very basic set of you know standards to sign up to when when you do join Hospitality Rising. But the more we look at this, you know, the idea is that when hospitality you join Hospitality Rising, you are seen as a good employee that you care about your team, um, and actually that's. I think there's so much good content out there that's not done that so I, I agree with you like I say we're just looking at actually how to make it work because it's not quite as easy as it stands when no, you start course. looking oh, absolutely. At, the, at the auditing side so look it's a good point I wholeheartedly f- uh, yeah, agree and we are looking to, to put that into the, uh, into the piece great right, okay stuff.
0: James well thank you very much for that and we'll, uh, we'll make sure we post the links Thanks, up on the story with well, us good. well
3: enjoy your beer I'm gutted I'm not having one but yeah hopefully I'll see you for one soon definitely Take right. care. cheers, cheers, cheers James. mate bye now cheers guys
0: This is the Lock-In Podcast with myself, Ed Beddington, Heath Ball and James Cuthbertson. We're tackling the thorny topic of staffing in this episode. I'm delighted to say we've got an award-winning employer with us today, Clive Price of Barron's Pub Company. So thanks for joining us, Clive.
4: Oh, you're welcome. Nice to see
0: you. You too. So, I mean, you you took the title of uh, Pub Employer of the Year at The Publican. What makes you stand out, do you think?
4: Yeah, I mean, delighted to win that. It's a really, really nice award. Um... The, I think one of, one of the things we, we're good at as an employer is looking at people as people um, and, and making sure that everyone that's employed with us is, is engaged, that they're, first of all that we've got that selection right in the first place, that those people align to our values. Mm. But then once we've got them to really make the job fun and interesting, um, and I'm, I'm a great believer that work made fun gets done um, and, and working in pubs and hospitality should be fun, you know, it obviously attracts a lot of young people um, to the industry, but it's, it's done at its best, it's, it's just a great job, done at yeah. its worst, it's not, is it? It's, it, you know, it can be tough and hard, and it's, it's making sure that we're always setting those teams up to succeed, really um and yeah and that, that's that's sort of there's a lot that goes into
0: that i mean that's so I mean, you talk about fun i mean how do you make it fun i mean heath you're you're uh generally shouting at your staff a lot and uh obviously your customers i'm not sure but uh, yeah but they like the bezel faulty element they like the insanity of me just running around <laughs> i mean how how do we make it a fun environment because it is hard work as well isn't it yeah that's right
4: Yeah, so i mean there's the obvious things sort of out of work so we're doing lots of social stuff. We had a game around us the other night with all our teams together, which is great, good sort of wholesome fun. And we went back to one of the pubs afterwards for a barbecue. Um, we're taking the general managers out for evenings out to share a beer and a curry and, and those sort of things. Um, but it's more than that, isn't it? It needs to be fun day to day. It needs to be sort of interesting and, and, and actually to enjoy the work. And I think when people realize as well that, that the work we do is important, isn't it? You know, yeah. we're, we're there. Um, providing for people's leisure time for their wakes and weddings and parties and all this stuff which, you know, it's, it's easy just to roll up to work and think, oh, it's another day at work but actually we're providing a great service to the communities around us and to people that come to us whether it is, like I say, the big stuff of parties and weddings or or just, you know, two guys having a beer and, and you can make people's day just by that by, by being good, by creating a nice buzz around the place and, mm. yeah, and just nailing all that basic stuff.
0: And I mean, you—you you, one of the things you really stood out for in, in, in the Public Awards was your, um, your training and the amount of time and effort that you put into it. Um, well, talk us through that. What did you do? Why did you do it?
4: Yeah, I think that's interesting because um, training's an easy thing to sort of, you know, if you're feeling at moments there where staffing is tight and the rotors are under pressure, it's an easy thing to just drop and just go, right, we haven't got any time for training, and that, that subtracts so much from those employees' experience. You know, people want to come to us and, and feel like they're invested in. But not only that, that we actually get something back for it, that, you know, people are, are getting better at their jobs and more engaged. Pe- people like to be good at their job, don't they? It's nothing yeah. worse than being in a, in a situation where you feel out of control or, or not. You know not sure how your job goes and the more we can build on to that the better and better so that that comes in two forms really it comes in the as people start with us making sure that induction is good and that introduction to the business is good but also beyond that yeah the sort of classroom training we do um, and that investment in the people really because there's so many different areas of the business to look at whether it's bookings health and safety food safety um, mm. customer relationships all the the subjects go on and on um, but yeah all, every every one of them is important and the more we build onto people um, the, the better for everyone
0: really I mean James Heath do you find that you know when, when you're busy or short staff that training goes out the window James, he looks like a rabbit in the headlights right now
4: no it's true though you don't
1: especially right now we're really under pressure right now We don't. the rotors are tight you don't run enough staff and the last thing you want to say to someone is that, can you come in on Tuesday Will you mind doing three hours of online training about allergens we, we get everybody to do allergen courses and all that at the beginning but right now like it's so brutal Trying to write rotors, and you've got everyone's short staff, the whole industry's short staff. And then, you know, like everybody, like you said, you want to be invested into, but like, man, like
0: you've got staff going, oh my God, I need a day off. You know what I mean? It's 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 hard to stay motivated. Do you not then, in that case, then they have to make time within their shift, surely? Not yeah, bring yeah, it you on do, but
1: like, like, you know, it was so busy. Mm. It's hard. Like, I'm, I can make a thousand excuses why we don't, and I probably should be making excuses why we do. Mm. Um, but, well, it's, it, but, but, but as a result, you, you would still say the level of competence on staff across the board is very good. Yeah, so yeah, we got a, listen, yeah we've knowing. got a really low staff turnover. Yeah. But it's when you need a but you know when you need a, just the extra summer staff which we normally have aren't there mm. you know we get like the red and the Lockhart. we we hire people for summer mm. and there's no one knocking on the door there's no one and you have to moderate what
2: you can put into those people in the nicest way I mean we've got at the Lockhart, we've got two people on their courses with HIT training one doing a degree and one doing a sort of supervisor stroke manager um, and we the way we find. Getting through it is that she works on a Monday, so she'll be studying, sort of being that extra person. So if she's drop in, she can do that to help. So it doesn't stop us doing it, but it it, you know allows us to to keep her progression going, um, while still covering. So we're not in an ideal scenario. I mean, that's clear now. Wouldn't it be great if it was you know it was all lovely and we could all just?
1: Would it be great if we we still? We're in the EU and we had loads of staff <laughs> who wanted to work and enjoy the job instead of trying to coerce a lot of English people to do jobs they don't want to do because I'd rather be
0: sitting at home watching TV and, and let, get a vat break while we get back on my feet. Let, yeah. Let's not ask James what he voted. So. Okay.
2: <laughs> don't get us stuck.
0: i sorry, you didn't vote, did you, James? Was yeah, a a week, yeah. He was too busy. I do believe the country he would be busy. He was too stupid. busy doing his training. Well, I was the one. stupid one. <laughs> um, moving on, I'm conscious of the time. But I mean, when you're recruiting, I mean, what, what, what do you look for to recruit and, and how do you go about that? Because it's, it's tough out there, isn't it?
4: Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I mean, the yeah actually letting the wrong people into your business is, is just as bad as not having them at all. In fact, worse. So we always recruit on our values and, and making sure that people are aligned to them. Um, and, that, and that's really important so that, yeah, you're not trying to put square peg and round hole and, and that actually people have got a chance of succeeding. And then when you welcome them into the business, making sure they are genuinely well looked after. You know, if you if you make that new recruit and then throw them into a, a busy Saturday night on their own on the pot wash, pretty Good chance they're not going to have a nice time, and Mm. hey presto they're not turning up next week. So it's it is all of that, isn't it? Making sure. I mean, this time is interesting. There's a a bit of exam stress around with the young people, isn't it? They're all building up for A levels and GCSEs. So there's a lot of sort of people saying I'm not available at the moment. Um, But then soon after that, we'll get a wave of lots of people going, right, want a summer job now, please.
1: Mm. And again, it's
4: taking the right ones there. And just some of the, you know, we're encouraging the managers to do some of the smart stuff, like, actually, we we want the people that not only want the summer job, but can then stay on for weekends once they get back into term time, or might come back at Christmas and Easter next year and, Mm -hmm. and next summer. So there's a difference between those people that just be with you five or six weeks, or those people that even though they're temporary, can still be useful to you for the next two or three years and those those are much more preferable than guys that you're going to put a lot of effort into getting them up to speed just at the point where they're good at the job, they're gone never to return. Mm. Now that that's a much better investment if they're going to come back, like I say, for, for stints for Christmas, Easter, next summer, mm. really nice to welcome those and we do a lot of that, we get a lot of people, it's, it's always a real pleasure to see people come back beginning of the summer, oh great, we are back, and, mm. and they walk into the job pretty much up to speed, quick quick refresher, and they're, they're off and running, which is brilliant.
0: And, and that recruiting on families and things like that, I mean, with, with what's going on, is, is, is that possible to, to maintain those standards if, you know, we're struggling to find people, is it not a case you've just got to try and accept what's out there, or is it best to really stick to your guns? Yes.
4: Yeah, for us, definitely, it's to stick to your guns. I mean, there's other levers you can pull, isn't there? We are, without doubt, you know, wage, wages are going up and we are paying chefs more. Um, but in some way, that's a good thing, isn't it? You know, the, the, in many ways, there's never been a better time to be a chef because if you can command more money and get a, a better working, you know, packages, um, you, you've got to share the burden with the stuff from you. Sometimes you look at chef rotors and go, you just put on five all day as in a row and and who wants to do that you know Mm -hmm. we've we've got to share that burden and um look after people to you know as as i'm sure everyone's Considering,
2: mm. they have yeah, nothing to moan about if they didn't know that. Would they? They
4: would find
2: something. They would find. I used to think the values were quite. You know that that question about you know what did you do at school for a job? What did you do at college? You know, did you do another job and did you do a paper round? And you kind of get a sense of what family they're from. You know, whether they were grafters or just daddy's little princess or prince that was given. You know sensible pocket money in there, but I think the problem the is I've just got no one to ask that to well, there's that, just there no is. one going to get the jobs well that's
0: it that's, <laughs> that's the challenge there, not it I suppose it's, 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 and how long where, where's that kind of balance in unless know, we, you stick to it but if there's no one there you kind of go well, I got yes. it what we
2: do is we, do, we, we go around the local news agents and then we, we get the details of the paper boys and girls now
0: <laughs> and in three or four years time we're ready for them excellent okay what do you do in the meantime I just close. Try a lot, yeah. Okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Um, conscious of the time, we're almost at the end there, Clyde. But one last thing: um, what, what key advice would you give uh, to other pop operators? What would be your sort of main takeaway for people to think about when it comes to being a good employer?
4: I, I think that really, you know, to, to put a lot of effort into that that recruitment and that the the really the whole process from from how you're attracting applicants to then. Um, who you select to actually come and work for you, what you do to look after them when they arrive with you and then how you, you keep them interested and engaged and, and, and I kind of look at that as a whole, the, the whole pipeline is is important from, from start to finish and obviously the, the ultimate goal is to retain people and, and get people really productive, proficient and, and enjoying working for you. Um, because like I say, it's, it's, it's got to be fun and that's that's one of our the biggest things in our armoury that it should be a great job when it's done well because it's, you know, it's buzzy and, um, and and just interesting, fascinating work and it's done well.
0: Perfect, brilliant. All right, Clive, well, we're out of the time but thank you very much for that. Cheers, Ed. Thank Cheers. You. Cheers. I'll thank you. you. Bye. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast, and we're talking staffing. Employers are looking for new ideas and gimmicks to recruit and retain people. To discuss some of those things, we've got hospitality recruitment expert, Abby Dunn, joining us from 68 people. Welcome, Abby. Hello, how are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Um, So, I mean, let's sort of, um, let's just get a sense from your perspective now. How hard is recruitment at the moment? What are you seeing? Very. Right. (laughs)
5: Um, it's the hardest I've ever known it. I've been in recruitment fifteen-ish um, years. Um, yeah, and it, it, we've moved out of that kind of panic mode. I have to say that, but it's still, yeah, it's still at the top of everybody's agenda. And I would argue it's everybody's biggest
0: problem. And, and is that across all levels, or, or are there particular areas of, of concern or problem? Um,
5: Yeah, I mean, I think you can look at all levels and highlight what the challenge is there. So, you know, I I kind of feel as though we've spoken about chefs a gazillion times. You know, that is, it's impossible. We, as an agency, to give you some indication of how hard that is, I find it difficult now to even take on chef roles at whatever level, even exec level. Mm -hmm. Um, And that story is, is heartbreaking. And, yeah, that's... That, that's probably enough said about chefs. Um, the most challenging other levels, assistant level, that kind of twenty-five to thirty k bracket is tough because so many have left the industry to, to receive similar salaries in other sectors. Um, you know, de- GMs. The problem we've got with GMs is that with the, the amount of new openings but everybody's looking for quite a similar type of person, you know, one to two years experience, um, you know, a set of set salary level. So the the roles that are, let's say, the least challenging tend to be the central roles. So um, we've had huge success recently in kind of sales and marketing or, you know, we've kind of branched out slightly. It's the operational roles that are tough, very tough.
0: Mm. I mean, we, we were talking about chefs earlier. I mean, Heath, he you were saying your, your guys are... People are trying to poach. Uh, yeah, you know, my you
1: know. guys go for cigarettes out, you know, on the round the corner, and they get they get approached by people, and they say, "Well, come work for me," and they're like, "Okay, well, how big's your team?" I think, well you know what i mean we'll, we'll build a team around you and he's like well why would i leave a job where i've got a full team and i've got good days off and everything's really happy and go and work somewhere where i'm basically the donkey in the kitchen knocking out the food you know so money I, you know i think my guys are smart money doesn't mean you know even though i pay them well they realize they're in a strong team they've got a good team up there why mm.
0: would they bother mm. and are we seeing that real escalation in in salaries abby is that something you're you're saying
5: yeah, it, it slowed down a little bit, um, and you know, rightly so. Really, it was getting crazy. We we were having you know, kind of twenty k letters at, at counter offers. Some you know, it, it was it was crazy. It wasn't sustainable. Um, what I would say, interestingly, is even though people want a fair salary, it's not their priority. It's not the top of the list of requirements that anybody comes to us with. And, what is um,
1: the top of the list?
5: Um, how many hours they've got to work without a question and, and, and if I'm honest, historically that, I would eye roll at that because we work in hospitality, that's not a question you ask mm. but we, we can't eye roll at that now because everybody without, without exception is asking that it's very uh, high up.
1: How many hours um, do they want to work?
5: Um, well we've had somebody turn down 45 hour contracts um, because they want a 40 hour contract
1: um, in, in a chefing role or management role or
5: in, a,
0: in a, an operational management role, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> like, now, I now, do that on a Tuesday.
1: It
0: but isn't, isn't that the point, though? Isn't that where we've got to start moving towards Yeah, but being... then we need
1: to put our prices up and people need to start paying properly for service and mm-hmm. hospitality because the only way that's sustainable is we have more people and we charge more. And that's the reality. We've got a way of cheap labour in this country for years with with, with the EU. And now suddenly we can't do that. And then suddenly people are walking into the pub and going, what do you mean, 45 quid for that? That's ridiculous. But the
0: true cost of things is what we're finding now. That's the challenge though, isn't it? Because I mean, we're going into a a bit of a a crisis of of expenditure. People aren't going to have as much money on them pubs. I have to remain affordable treats. Yeah, but then they? we Otherwise take the hit on a... the margin, though. They're, all that's
1: happening is the operators are taking a hit on the margin. It's all right if you're a big pub co, but if you're independents like us, where do you end up? Like, what is it, the average New York restaurant makes 8%? Mm. Where do we end up then?
0: You know, staff get paid really well, and you might as well just go and work for somebody then. Mm. Mm. I mean, coming back to that, that recruitment thing, Abby, I mean, what are you seeing from employers out there? What are they, what are they doing to try and uh, attract uh, people?
5: Um, I mean, I have to say, obviously, we've seen the biggest change in the shortest amount of time in terms of what people are offering. There's no question that the industry has improved the place to work, and it needed to, but it's just happened very, very quickly. Um, you know, we've obviously seen contractual changes, um, salary increases, more achievable bonuses, so bonuses moving away from company EBITDA to... Uh, you know, kind of guest experience measures or top site revenue measures. So it's something that's within their control, potentially. Um, uh, we've seen, you know, there's there's a lot of um, kind of focus on, and rightly so, on employees' mental health. Um, you know, sadly, that's not always coupled with other, you know, small problems being resolved, like getting a rotor on time. Um, so, but I think there's a lot of things... You know, we've seen free food. Look, everybody's throwing everything at this. Um, but the challenge that I think still exists is that if you're doing all this, but then your manager's still an arsehole, or, you know, you're not getting your road on time, you or you're not getting training, or, you know, you're meeting on your day off, it's still shit.
0: Yeah. Sorry no, that's all right, that's fine. I mean, normally we have to restrain Heath potting yeah, But it's true,
1: though, time. isn't it? It yeah. all comes back to are you a good employer? And if you're not, you're going to struggle finding staff. And If you're good, you're not going to have a problem and you're going to be able to keep them. And I think we're finding a lot of operators who are horrible and just took advantage for years are suddenly having to pay a lot more money and entice people to the industry with crazy stuff that's not sustainable to keep their business afloat and work on lower margins. I think we're in dangerous times. I mean, what's... And the general
5: manager plays such a key role in that. You know, people aren't coming to us and necessarily leaving companies. And... You know, ignorance isn't a good enough argument anymore. Oh, I didn't know they were doing eighty hours a week. Well, how do you find out. You know, mm. it's, it, it's, people are leaving as always. Same old story. Managers, not companies.
0: Right. So it's it's that important that those those roles are recruiting. Those people are uh, are a bit really aren't they? Yeah. yeah the, the, and
5: we've seen people move up a lot faster than normal as well. So there's a big skill gap in general managers mm. as leaders.
1: Yeah. The problem is we we've got a a fundamental problem in hospitality is when we've got big companies who have private equity driving turnover and profit then you're talking the big problem is the manager they don't work together you've got you're trying to run a hospitality business where you look after people but you've also got the guys behind you going we need to make margin we need to make that it, they, the it, two it don't the work Excel together document, yeah. they, they <laughs> don't work they're different things hospitality's about giving people a great experience and when you're getting driven by a big private equity company you want to make a return you're in trouble mm. Mm-hmm. And you're having to up your costs with recruitment all the
2: time, and yeah, it
1: doesn't. It we're doesn't trying work. to sell. We're trying to sell people into hospitality. We're, we're selling them a lie, mm-hmm. and that, that's the problem I have. We're mm-hmm. trying to convince people to come work in this industry, and they get there, and they're just run by you know an accountant and a firm, mm-hmm. basically trying to make margin.
0: not being cynical.
1: No, not being cynical. No. Just being just basically. Well, can, can I ask Thanks. you a question about? Um,
2: we we pump quite a bit of money into Indeed for vacancies as well as we tend to get a lot of recommendations and the good people um, locally know that we look after them and pay well etc so we, we do quite well but when we have a we, we've used that obviously you work on a more personal basis as a you'll, you'll find uh, candidates etc can you just talk through the difference between the two and the, the benefits and the pitfalls
5: yeah I mean certainly from um, how our business has changed, is now we, we cannot be reliant on on advertising or, or, or candidates coming our way. You know, it, it is about going out, and actually, the, where we have success and where people, you know, need a third party is is candidates need their hand holding throughout the whole process. You know, they need to be reassured, they need to manage a counter off the process, and as a direct employer, nobody's got the the time to do that. So it is really difficult. Um, but yeah, that kind of really personal touch throughout that employee experience journey is still something that we're seeing is, is really poor by direct employers. Really poor.
2: So it sounds, sounds like you're more akin to a football
0: agent now than a, <laughs> a recruitment consultant. <laughs> is that a fair analysis, Abby? <laughs> I take that, yeah. <laughs>
1: Fair if enough. only she got the fees. Well, yeah. <laughs> well maybe in time to come.
0: Well, yeah, some of those superstar salaries are paying chefs. You never know. Um, conscious of time, Abby. What? What? One piece of advice would you suggest to to operators when it comes to to recruitment?
5: Um. Can I give you three quick pieces of advice? Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) Um, One, upskill general managers, you know, make those the focus of looking after a team because it's not good enough just just whacking on a free food policy and then yeah, a manager not having the skills to be a great leader. that having a tailored approach to, to people, not everybody wants the free food not everybody wants part-time or full-time, it's really understanding what the individual wants. And then thirdly, this kind of flexibility piece, look, if 10 to 15% of vacancies, roles are still vacant, then the sites need the flexibility to reduce the menu, to close at a certain time, to be able to give people that number of hours. Because otherwise, it's a vicious circle of right. Okay, we've not, we've got fifteen percent of Rolls vacant. Okay, so then everybody has to work sixty hours, and it, and it, you never get anywhere. So sites having that flexibility, which I know is tough for big organisations, but it's I think it's a must have.
0: Absolutely brilliant. Okay, well, thanks very much, for that, Abby. It's uh, fantastic. Thank you. Good stuff. This is the Lock-In Podcast with myself, Ed Bennington, James Cuthbertson and Heath Ball. We're discussing staffing in this episode and one of the larger players in the UK brewing and bar scene is BrewDog, who've recently announced a strong new initiative. So I'm delighted to have BrewDog's Ben Lockwood with us to, uh, to discuss this. So welcome, Ben. Good, afternoon. How are we all? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Um, so talk us through this. You've, you've recently announced uh, a profit share scheme for staff. Talk to us about that. Tell us how how's that work?
6: Um so James Wall, one of the co-founders along with Martin Dickey, he's personally given around five percent of his shareholding to the salaried members of staff as a which based on today's value is about hundred million pounds. Mm-hmm. Um what way it works is that we've got about seven hundred and fifty salaried members at Brewdog at the moment. Over the next four years that will be divided by every salaried member which at today's value is about £30,000 a year, so it's £30,000 a year for four years. Obviously, as more people join, that and the valuation changes, that, that number's gonna move around, but as of today, um, yeah, it's about £120,000 of equity for every salaried member of staff um, that James has put forward just to bring,
0: bring the employees of BrewDog closer to the business, I think. And, and how's that been received under the business? What's, uh, what's the reaction there? Oh, it's been phenomenal. Yeah, I mean,
6: <clears throat> I sit in the UK sales channel for On Trade. So um, but I've spoken to people in the retail teams. Uh, we put a video out on social media that took some kind of live, live quotes from people and filmed uh, faces to camera. Just um, people already thinking that, like, what, what they can do with this kind of investment going forward and how it's going to change lives for people. But also just a, another thing that Brewdog have done that just brings the, the staff closer to the to the HQ and to the brand and to the company. <laughs> uh, James, you I uh, yeah, just um, Hi Ben, just a, a quick question really. Um,
2: it's really interesting a time we're all struggling with recruitment, this is clearly a big retention tool um, and we'll obviously have people looking at the business as well to come into. Just explain to me very briefly, um, it, there's talk about a th- three year, 30 grand a year hit You know that you get is that actually a share allocation in terms of if you stay with you for three years on average, they'll have ninety grand worth of shares that they can then put back into the market or whatever the value is and turn that into cash.
5: Yes,
6: yeah, so it's all it's all dependent on the it's all dependent on the IPO. So I think you know the, the date we're given at the moment is second half of 2023 at the earliest, depending on market conditions. But yeah, it's all linked to the IPO. So those shares, and my understanding of it is that. You get your shares, say June, June this year. You get based on today's value thirty thousand pounds worth. In twelve months' time, they've become active shares. Mm-hmm. And at that point, if we were IPOing in twelve months' time, you've suddenly got shares that you are valid to to, to use. And um, then every twelve months after your new allocation, they become valid shares. So um, it's it's thirty it's thirty thousand. Twelve months later, they become active. But it's all dependent on whether we IPO or not. But the other thing to add as well is, that that's just for salaried staff, we've also increased our unicorn fund in the retail estate to 50% of profits to the team, right. so 50% of profits from every bar will be shared amongst the team within that bar, I mean, and that's I think really- within that there's a 30% 20% split, so if you're a BrewDog bar in London, 30% of the profit of your bar gets shared equally amongst the team at that bar then 20% gets put into like a London fund and then everyone in London shares part of that 20%. And I think the reason for that is that you can sometimes can't control certain um, metrics that are limiting your ability to grow in so your local it, it, area. So as,
0: is, as a London collective, you've also got your own unicorn fund. So it's it, it's if, uh, if one bar is more profitable than another, there, that you're trying to even out between the bars is that is that why?
6: Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, retail's not my channel, but I mean, if you if you go back to my Mitchells and Butlers days, you can't control if Sainsbury's decided decide to walk out of the office across the road from the pub, right? So something's happening that's out of your control. So rather than all your efforts being focused on the Profits of your own. Hope you're also working together as a London collective or a Yorkshire collective, or however however they might have done the geographies, and so you've still got a
0: unicorn fund pot for everybody um, in that area. And that's that's a regional kind of thing. You're doing it. Yeah, find that regional.
2: I mean, that's that's a real big. I mean, that's a huge thing to offer. I mean, just obviously when you've broken the news to the staff, who will no doubt be delighted because it's something above and beyond what they're getting. Um, you would have modelled it, I'm sure, to say you know if this had been in place last year this would have meant you would have got X amount what did that look like for them
6: Um I don't know they have not, not communicate that kind of numbers um, so no, but they probably should have done Um but I know we were working on a, I think it was 10% model previously so that's been increased um, fivefold so I guess you would just take whatever unicorn fund was last year and times it by
0: five Okay. So and, and, and how often is this an annual how, how's, how does that work when do they get the money um, I believe it's
6: annual
0: right
2: yeah okay okay it's difficult um, to be it's easy to that. be sniffy isn't it Ben I mean you know it's, it's easy to sit here you know not in the scheme and uh, not part of the business and be sniffy but it'd be interesting to see how it pans out won't it because you know as a business you've had quite a kick in quite a tough year um, it's, it's clearly good news for employees if it, if it comes through
6: yeah no no absolutely there's no hiding behind that um <clears throat> i think i think the thing with Brewdog is there's always been initiatives there for the team that are kind of above and beyond what other industries, what, what other businesses in the industry offer and i think this is just another way of constantly trying to break down barriers bring the team close to the business and, and you know make Brewdog a really great place to work and the way it's been received the the, mor- the morale amongst the team is fantastic right now i think um kind of if it was james or just a Central PR message, but I think um, applications for jobs increased by 15 times the day after right, the announcement so yeah, was made. So, so we're all uh, we're all looking over our shoulder, knowing there's someone there to replace us.
0: So it's, I mean, do you think? Um, I mean, you're, you're, in some ways, and you've you put the cat amongst the pigeons with um, with the rest of the industry, then, because we're all struggling to recruit, um,
2: and you you put well, this, which is my point, really. About if you're going to offer a benefit like we talked about, you know, free meals and stuff like that. I'd just be really interested to know, if I was applying for a job, if you modelled that bonus, what it actually looks like, and and, and obviously I'd... Because it could be a lot
1: of money. It could be a lot of money, It could be like, you know, Leroy from wherever, going to get a job, and you could be going, suddenly you're not £9.50 an hour plus tips, you're actually making 80 grand a year. Yeah, 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 yeah. because you've got the... the, You've got the the, kicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and
2: the share giveaway and and all that, but I guess that's all IPO, dependent of course so that's and we're so we're we, we work you that, know that, what i mean i dependent that would scare me a bit. But the other profit share, if you knew, you, you knew what your site did last year and it incentivised you to turn the cellar light off when you were leaving at night or something, you know, I'd get that. You, but surely yeah. you surely you, you'd know at a site level what that might look like.
0: Well, so I, I suppose you, the rising costs of everything, though, screw that up, though. Or centralisation costs as well. I suppose it's difficult to model, isn't it, with everything that's quite well, a volatile sort of thing. To a point. I mean, you can say, yeah, you, like to say, to give you, a, you can say idea. this is what you would have got last year, yeah. but, but then in that sense... But we're say, in a war everything, right now. Everything volatile... It's not a fair... I
1: suppose if you're looking on the bottom line, it pins like,
0: it depends how much ma- you
1: rinse it out, though. I guess does up make
2: money is the first question. Does it return a profit? And then you can go up back from there. Well,
0: that's, uh, do, do we want to throw that one to venture <laughs> <laughs> oh, He's
6: going... I think we're staring into unprecedented headwinds in terms of costs and rising energy costs and inflation and everything like that. Um, I think this is just a great... Great thing for the team to just all be collected behind one mission to work, be, work for that bar and then also work for the bars that are in the same area. So it's, it is really is one team. If the bar succeeds, you succeed. So you, you know, I think it, what it does is it puts it puts the business in the hands of the team from the retail yeah. perspective. It's like every penny counts. You know, yeah. every extra, every extra serve, every every level that you move through in terms of service the better it gets the more you're going to benefit yourself and I think that's cut
0: costs yeah all all that kind of stuff I mean do you you anticipate others kind of following suit with this or uh
6: I don't know. I mean, you know, different share schemes exist with some of the nationals in terms of, you know, you can download Mitchells and Butlers. You sign up for free shares every year, Um, but not not to this level. Um, It'd be great if if businesses did follow suit because that's just going to help people in the hospitality industry. Mm. So, you know,
0: anything that can be positive for those workers right now after the last two years is obviously going to be... Plus, right. I mean, Heath James, are you going to be giving a, a profit share scheme to, to your guys? Of what? Oh, I mean, I, Heath looks a bit green in the face right now. Oh, come uh, on, like we're getting <laughs> screwed on. I'm not as
1: we're not big companies like Brewdog. We're getting no. screwed on everything. My guys buy into what we do, and like I'm quite happy that they do, and I look after them. And but I, I like, you know what I mean? Imagine you're giving away 50. percent Say, for example, if I did that, like they'd all be earning really more money than me. They already get. They already get, like, if, you know what I mean? It's just. It's,
0: I, I'm going to be interested to see. It's not these
1: not you guys. I know well, it's not, not us. It's going to be the bigger team. to see how the
0: bigger managed operators respond if to that because it's quite a bold which, sort which,
2: of stab But as Ben said, most of them do have the fullers of this world. they all have their own share scheme you can either buy into or mm. salary sacrifice and what have you. And I think there's a massive move towards better conditions, right? And whether it's better skilled people you're getting for the money, probably not. You're just having to pay them more. makes it a bit harder. But uh, it's, it's a massive watch this space. It, it yeah. could be industry changing. Either way, yeah, you know, yeah. if it falls flat on his face in 18 months' time, then, then that's a, a disaster. But at the it's minute, it's, yeah. it's, it's great yeah. PR, it's good. We talked about hospitality rising, it's got the hospitality industry in the press. So for that, I mean, it's, you know, it's alone, good. it's it's yeah. good, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. but the it, proof is always.
0: So, I mean, in terms of sort of the guys who get this, both profit share and, and the, the earlier thing you were talking about, you have to stay with the business for a period of time. I mean, how, how does that work?
6: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not fully um, okay on what it means for the retail guys. I imagine you've got to stay that full year, and then probably a small small number of months after. But for those salary members of staff, my understanding is you get the shares on. In June, for example, 12 months after those shares become valid, if you were to leave, then those shares don't, don't, don't become active or don't right. invest, I
0: think, is the, um, the trendy yeah. stock market term. <laughs> Good stuff. Right. Really so, I mean, yeah. I think overall, Ben, I mean, the, 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 the proof in the pudding is, is yes, we'll see when we get out the other side what, what it actually means. But within the business at the moment, it's gone well. It's a shot in the arm.
6: Yes, I mean, you know, Brew, BrewDog have always done initiatives that, you know, maybe not as punchy as this one, but there's always been initiatives in place that are above and beyond what you get elsewhere, you know, the, the paternity leave if you get a new puppy is one that gets a lot of headlines, but just, just in terms of being a real living wage employer, you know, before a lot of people were paying a real living wage, not just the minimum wage. Um, if, you, if you're a Dog for five years, you get 4 weeks' sabbatical, so they tell you to go and have a month off work fully paid mm. um, just to come back refresh, thank you for your time. So there's always the in- initiatives in there like like this one, just not as as attention grabbing and not as life changing as they will be for some people.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well good luck with it. Fingers crossed Absolutely. it all it all pans out. Yeah, great speech as right. always. Cheers. Thanks Ben Cheers, cheers man. Cheers, bye. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast and we are at the end of this week's episode. Um, We've heard a lot of interesting things, various sort of approaches to to the current staffing challenges. I mean, what, what sticks out for you guys? I think, you know, like, the dog thing, I think it's interesting, but I,
1: I, I'm, I'm not convinced. I'd like to see it in a couple of years. I think it's a nice way of tying employees into a three-year deal and, you know, buying into something. I always, like It's almost like some sort of weird cult, in a way, that they all want to be involved, and they're all, and that's great. You know what I mean? New World Trading Company with their app and all that. If you can get staff engagement like that, and money is engagement.
0: I think they'll keep them thing, but I, but the you know. interesting thing, I mean, the one thing we, we um, and Abby touched on, I said, money isn't Actually, the main driver anymore. Yeah, but it's like young kids saying they don't
1: drink alcohol. They just say that because they mm. don't want to sound like. You, you say to these young kids today, oh no, every, oh, the young kids today aren't drinking alcohol. They are. They just don't tell you they are. They don't want to tell yeah. you. Oh, well, money's not the main thing because I'm not superficial. I'm not after that. I'm, I'm more. i I'm, like I'm a deep person. I'm full of shit. They all want
0: money. They're all on Instagram yeah. taking pictures yeah. of their uh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You really think that's true? You don't think? I mean, there, there is a degree. There's it, it's work-life balance, but unfortunately, like you need, you need yeah, but money. But they're just lazy. The
1: kids they, are uh, lazy today. They are. They don't want to work. Oh, I wanna, oh, can I work um twelve hours a week and get paid uh, for fifty. Is that okay? There's that. I, I just I think we're all kidding ourselves doing these surveys and stuff. The kids today are just lazy, and they'll tell you what you want to hear. Yeah, they do. They, it's like you know, they know they're smart.
2: they're self-aware aren't they and they're aware of themselves and what people think of them and makes them fragile frankly and less inclined to roll the season and get on with it but I think most of the people that listen to podcasts will look at that brew thing and go I can't even recognise that can yeah, you imagine
1: if we turned around to our shit. staff and we said right guys we're going to give you 50% of profit and you go oh my god man boss you're amazing and then I'd just be looking through the sheet and adding numbers to shit yeah. ok hold well, on that looks they're going to make a lot of money costs, yeah, yeah I'll just, oh my god accountancy costs that yeah. month were that high. electricity bill what they're going to pull apart the P&L Give top line profit then. If you're actually that committed to doing it, yeah, yeah. say turnover. you know what, a percentage, turnover. Of, turnover, your percentage of turnover, minus VAT. Say so you did 100 grand a week on that site, we'll give you 10% of 100 grand. Well, after cost that. about? That's where I am. Is,
2: is that the business owner looks at profit, and you are, you have your guys looking after turnover. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't uh, understand uh, you know. the costs. And it's un- I mean, also it's hugely you
1: know, play about those numbers all you like. Oh, man, those kids aren't saying, oh, it was a really bad month, guys, because we had to hire this guy from the States to consult. So he did London consulting. Mm-hmm. So that's 150 grand for that month. Do top line then. Give you 10% of the top line profit. Yeah. Or the top line turnover. There we go. That's the thing. It's just, it's, I, I just feel like it's just really insincere. Oh, there's yeah. lots of carry th- Yeah, I think no. it's a PR story, mate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but, but it will be
2: there to plug a gap. You know, it'll be there plug it out for three years. By which time, hopefully, government's worked out we need our Polish workers and others from across Europe to make this. Yeah, thing how work. do they do that, though? I don't. How
1: know do I. they do that? The, like, I'm but sorry, if you voted for Brexit, you're an idiot you because we've done ourselves no favours. All we're going to end up with is a United Ireland because Ireland wants nothing to do with this anymore. Even Northern Ireland's had enough. Everybody wants out and mm. what we really need to be is we need to be okay I, I have problems with the EU and the, the, the way their politics is and stuff but shit man we've got no one here to clean fucking toilets mm. and we need that mm. because Giles from South Kensington even though his mum and dad want him to have a job he doesn't want to work the amount of people go, are you looking for staff my son needs a job no he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't want a job no. he lives in Highgate he lives in a yeah. 3 million pound house he's on the internet all day mm. do you know what I mean he doesn't want to work in a pub and he'll turn up and he'll be disgruntled because he's working in a pub and his mates will come and they'll go, were well, you working? What, you can't afford not to work? Piss off. <laughs> I think we're selling, we're just selling ourselves a lie. <laughs> we, need, we need foreign labour and we need this, the, the problem we've got, pretty Patel, who's a, a horrible little person who's running, you know, and running these crazy initiatives and stuff. We just need, like, we need the Irish government, who's got 9% VAT on hospitality and they got rid of the uh, calorie count. They're listening. We, they're doing they're something. listening. So they care about hospitality. We have a government that doesn't give us stuff about anybody because they have lockdown parties and they do what they want to do. And we've got a, we've got a Chancellor at Checkcher who has an American green card, whose wife is. You know, it's just where do you end up? It's, we're just we're, we're sold, and we get the cost of living crisis where they tell us that we need to get better jobs. and and buy cheaper and we should learn to cook. But, you know, where we, are we? Here's the, here's the challenge to our... Highest tax in 70
2: years. Here's our challenge to our organisations, trade bodies that look after us. Is, you know, it's interesting, we were a time where we were arguing for Brexit and all the good it would bring in, evidently very little or none. Um, now we just want parity with Ireland. <laughs>
1: Do you know what I mean? What's, yeah, what, I what's say gone
2: that, wrong here? But
1: how? why aren't we got VAT at 12.5% for another year? Help us get back on our feet. Mm. And all you're doing is putting operators more and more in debt and you're screwing us over. Mm. I don't get it. All you've done Throw you know good money after bad on the yeah loans. you you spend all that money on filler you might as well just say you know what guys we don't care about you we really don't all the, all the loans just get a really yeah. sharp debt collector and say have half of what you get there's a load of files go get stuck in yeah like and get just, tough why do you just bury the industry like you know maybe the, that's what we need we burn the whole industry down and we all start again
0: yeah. well that's one option
1: yeah but what? they don't care yeah. this government do not care about us they do not care about the common well, people they yeah. don't though and it's fucking tragic Boris Johnson. Arrogant prick! Doesn't care.
0: And then when we said we re-record this bit, yeah, to, to I avoid the libel stuff, I'll get another so. VAT
2: inspection. I'm happy. Should we record it all again? Again?
0: No, that's not record. I'm losing the will to live. But um, I'm sorry. Off the, uh, off I'm sorry, but stuff. I just think,
1: I just think, that if Arlen can do that why aren't we doing that why yeah. aren't we out give us a year to get back on our feet properly yeah. but it just feels like we've come out of it we've gone oh god we made it through that and then the cost of living crisis has happened inflation's going to be in double digits for normal people but hospitality is going to be in 20% been forgotten about COVID been forgotten about what's COVID
0: exactly I mean I, I it's love, just like a cold I, apparently I, I, I love to uh, end these uh, podcasts on an upbeat note uh, and we would oh, always wait, wait, make sure you don't wait wait uh, <laughs> wait I've got some positive
1: news okay my wife's happy for <laughs> now yeah. for a couple hours today she was smiling she got a look in her around. eyes and, and she actually asked me if I'd like to go out on a date with him I don't know obviously someone else <laughs> <laughs> I've just been on Tinder for 15
0: minutes <laughs> I wonder what you were doing on yeah, your phone yeah. I was like yeah. wow I've got, to look, up, I've got to update my <laughs> OnlyFans page excellent great good stuff uh, what is it bald sexy man you can't say, on, say, that to say, to say, say it
1: Hey, what about worst employees we've ever had? I've got, listen, just want to talk about employment. What about, just, just talking about, we always talk about how we want great people. We were talking about it today and I was trying to think about some of the worst stuff we've had. And we had a kitchen porter once and Chef said to him, can you clean the mussels? And he went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Chef went off and did something. And he comes back and he goes, where are the mussels? And he opens up the dishwasher.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And he's put five kilos
1: of mussels oh into the dishwasher God. to clean them because if you have you ever cleaned muscle before yeah 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 can you clean them here? yeah yeah no worries oh my so god so chef's he, thinking he's ripping the beards out he's cleaning off all the shit Now he's put them in the dishwasher shut the dishwasher oh. and washed them long cycle oh. how were they Oh, they were dead and clean. Oh. <laughs> at least they were clean. They were clean. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and we had one guy, one of my other favourite uh, employees, when we're talking about just a bit of bit risk, had a guy, I said, yeah, OK, you can start tomorrow. Yeah, 7 o'clock, yeah, cool, man. He was just glass collecting and stuff. Yeah, no worries. Coming to work at like 9, Cleaner's like, yeah, there's been a guy outside since 7 a.m. No. I said, oh, my God, poor kid came in thinking I meant 7 a.m., 7 p.m. Oh. How many glasses does he think he's collecting at 7 a.m.? We're not even open.
2: Brilliant. Yeah, so... Devil's in the
0: detail. Well, there you go, that's it. Well, that is it charming. brings well, it
1: back round again.
0: So, that's, uh, I think we'll leave that one there before... Well, I think uh, we're going to get it to the hell on this one. ...any more trouble, um, but we'll see. We'll is see. the uh, company lawyer still Robert Proctor? <laughs> he could be very busy this week, <laughs> couldn't he? <laughs> Let's try not to keep Robert busy. On that note, uh, we will park this one here. Uh, thank you guys for that uh, thrilling instalment, uh, particularly Heath Rant at the end there, uh, which you may hear, but I may have edited out. Vast swathes (laughs) swathes (laughs) of it. So uh, spot the gaps. Um, You've been average. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much, guys. We will be back in a couple of weeks uh, with yet another episode of the Lock In podcast. You'll be pleased to hear if anyone is still listening. And we have a mean suit.